Hi, my name's Laura. I'm calling from Golden, Colorado, and just uh, wanted to comment on gentle parenting and what a success we've seen with our daughter, who is 10. Um, we've definitely embraced a style with her where she can articulate her feelings. And what we've seen is that when she does, um, quote unquote, misbehave, she's able to talk about where her feelings are coming from, why she might be feeling that way. And she's definitely um, able to problem solve and work through, is there a better way for her to express her feelings? Think back to when you were a kid. How did your parents react when you did something wrong? Maybe they put you in a timeout. Maybe they took away your favorite toy. Maybe you got spanked. Every family has a different way of dealing with discipline, and the way we raise our children seems to change from generation to generation. Well, today we're talking about the latest trend in parenting, gentle or respectful parenting. Instead of punishing a behavior, gentle parenting focuses on acknowledging a child's feelings and understanding those feelings affect their behavior. And for some of you, it works. But how much does parenting style actually affect a child's development? We discussed that and how effective gentle parenting actually is in the long run. I'm Jen White. You're listening to the 1A Podcast, where we get to the heart of the story. Remember to join future conversations, have your questions answered on future topics, or just to let us know what you think, tweet us at 1A. We're discussing gentle parenting and its long-term effectiveness. Joining us for this conversation is Mercedes Samudio. She's a licensed social worker and parenting coach. She's also the author of Shame Proof Parenting, Finding Your Unique Parenting Voice, Feel Empowered, and Raise Whole Healthy Children. Mercedes, welcome to the program. Thank you so much for having me. Also with us is Mona Delahook. She's a child psychologist. Her new book is Brain Body Parenting, How to Stop Managing Behavior and Start Raising Joyful, Resilient Kids. Mona, it's great to have you. Hello there. So happy to be here. So Mercedes, how would you define gentle parenting? Well, I think gentle parenting is really this idea that we're shifting away from the idea of punitive or disciplinary parenting and really shifting to this idea of attunement, attachment, and connection. Now, Mona, for you, you've said that gentle parenting falls under the larger umbrella of positive parenting. What is positive parenting? Well, positive parenting, I think the, the, the general ideas in terms of being gentle or positive, I agree with um, Mercedes that we are moving away from the punitive uh, measures of the past. And those would include things like shaming, degrading, spanking. So gentle or positive parenting really is a shift um, from those punitive measures to something new, something that builds relationships. So I just want to be very clear about where each of you stands on this. And, and with the understanding that when people talk about gentle parenting, there's a there's a range in, in how that's practiced. But Mercedes, where do you stand on gentle parenting? I think it's a really healthy practice that when we get out of the idea that we're just parenting, when we pay attention to the idea that we're actually raising humans while we're still human ourselves, we move away from it being just about parenting and we actually realize this is about being gentle humans. This is about being connecting humans. And so where I stand on it is I think gentle parenting really shifts us into building more connected and attuned humans. Mona, what about for you? Yeah, so my version of of uh, gentle parenting, I, I I call or describe more like 
personalized parenting. So it's based on discovering what works best for your child's nervous system, what for your child and for your own uh, nervous system. And what uh, it includes respect and compassion and, and awareness, um, but it is, it's actually um, building self-regulation and resilience. What, what I look at helping parents do is figure out how to help their little human become self-regulated one day so that they will be able to um, be able to make those decisions on their own so that we're not always having to consequence them or, or remind them what to do, uh, you know, what's right to do. So I would say my gentle parenting version is more personalized to figure, helping each parent figure out what works best for them. Sometimes that's going to involve being a student parent and setting down a, a big, uh, a nice big boundary. And sometimes it's going to involve being very soft and empathic and gentle. It depends on the situation and on the child. Well, critics of gentle parenting say it, it coddles children too much or it lacks boundaries. And it seems like there is, like I said, a lot of confusion about what gentle parenting actually is. What is it not, Mona? What it's not is per, it's not permissive parenting. So that's one, I think one of the, the biggest uh, areas of confusion is that some people think that parent, gentle parenting is permissive parenting. And that is um, really like letting your kids throw things in public and, you know, not, not setting down boundaries. So what gentle parenting is not, it's not permissive parenting. That's, a, uh, that's I think, a misnomer. The other thing is that I, I think maybe sometimes people think that gentle parenting is coddling or just um, not, not holding your child to your family's values and standards. So those are two things that it's not. Well, last month, gentle parenting was in the news after Whoopi Goldberg poked fun at a mother on TikTok who practiced the approach. A mom on TikTok <laughs> is going viral because she's making the case for... <laughs> I'm so sorry. For so-called gentle parenting, where you go beyond just saying no to your child. Take a look. How many of you are sick to death of disciplining your child with these words? No, get down. You can try things like this. Feet on the floor, please. It just makes a more positive spin on, like, getting down. Either you can put your feet on the floor or mummy can help you. Which one would you like? Okay. <laughs> Honestly, is that really uh, a realistic approach when your children are acting up? That's Whoopi Goldberg speaking on The View. Mercedes, what's your response to Goldberg's comments there? Yeah, I think uh, she's really referring to what she saw on TikTok and what I think a lot of people really think about in terms of what gentle parenting really is. I even heard them laugh after uh, Whippy Goldberg said the term. And so what I think she was responding to is that TikTok video where we assume that gentle parenting is, as Mona said, allowing our kids to do whatever. But what I really think we need to always address is that when we see people like Whoopi Goldberg or anyone responding to things, they're not just responding to the actual video, they're responding with their own history and their own understanding. And I think that's something to pay attention to. Whoopi is obviously responding from an African-American perspective where sometimes these type of parenting practices seem very foreign and even a little permissive. And so I think when we're looking at these type of clips, it's important to also bring in that cultural lens that a lot of times celebrities or talk show personalities will 
respond with, even when they're talking about something that is as kind of expansive and has so many opinions like gentle parenting. Well, Goldberg raises the question of how realistic this approach is, and and so does Nicole. This is a listener in Pennsylvania. I have a three-year-old, and I have tried gentle parenting with him, but I have come to realize pretty quickly that it is for, it's a method used for people with privilege because I am a single parent and I live in a one-bedroom apartment with my son. Therefore, it's really hard to implement gentle parenting uh, at all times. Mercedes, to Nicole's point, what are some of the limitations of gentle parenting? Oh, I love, I love, I love that she mentioned privilege and being a single parent because oftentimes our parenting practices don't include non-traditional families or families that aren't heterosexual or cisgender and two-parent households. And so when we're looking at gentle parenting limitations, the limitations come in, how much energy do I have to really think about connecting to myself as well as connecting to someone else? And so I think the limitation becomes, what are we asking parents to do when they're already have less energy, how are we supporting them in feeling whole and feeling like they can actually parent their child healthily, which to me is the perspective of gentle parenting. The perspective of gentle parenting isn't if you don't do A, B, C, and D of this type of parenting, your child or your parenting now is flawed in some way. And so to any parent who's in that space where they have limitations, where they're not able to have as many resources, remind yourself that gentle parenting isn't about A through Z steps. It's really about just reconnecting to yourself and your child whenever you have the energy and the space to do so. Uh, Mona, what kind of research is there about the effectiveness of this approach? Well, research in in, um, different parenting styles is is actually quite difficult to do because you can't exactly put, um, create these groups of, you know, a control group and a parent group that's doing exactly, it's not like a lab test, right? So the research is, um, you know, the research kind of flows in the area of parents that are authoritative, not authoritarian, but hold good boundaries and uh, help their children know that they're, that the child is not in charge, combined with being um, loving and warmth and having warmth and focusing on the relationship. So the, the research trends uh, in kind of a, you know, a blend of being a sturdy parent, but a loving uh, a loving parent, and I think where the research is going, where the where the evidence is going to be, understanding when you are triggered or when your child is triggered, and really understanding the difference between a purposeful misbehavior and a stress behavior, because children and parents have both of those. As Mercedes said, sometimes we're triggered as parents. It's very easy to be triggered um, by things that our children do. But once we understand if we're triggered, a whole new array of gentle parenting techniques come into our toolbox. A member of the 1A Text Club writes, I'm a parent, grandparent, and a teacher in the classroom for over 20 years. My philosophy of parenting was quite similar to my parents. However, my grandchildren have been helicoptered. The biggest issue I see with parenting today is the philosophy that children should be able to figure things out on their own. A lot of people think it's an old person's philosophy, but what I've seen in the classroom is that giving a child too much freedom is very detrimental to them. Mercedes, this is this is an interesting uh, message to me because... 
children are, of course, in their homes, but they also exist in, in other spaces as well, like schools. So does this method always translate in the other spaces kids have to move in? Yeah, no, I think it does. I think gentle parenting, as I said, um, kind of previously is really about reconnecting to ourselves as well as reconnecting to our children. And so what I think is really important about gentle parenting is it's not just about I'm helping my child be controlled or listen to me. It's really about I'm helping my child learn how to make decisions. I'm helping my child learn where to find support or where to go for help. I'm also even helping my child learn how to regulate their emotions like Mona talked about earlier. And all of those things help children in the classroom, on the playground. I've even watched gentle parenting when done with um, intentionality and attunement. I've even seen kids deal with Fortnite and, you know, online gaming better because they now know how to regulate themselves and how to even ask for help when they feel like they need help with somebody online. Mm. Now, Mona, gentle parenting is seen as, as this new philosophy, but that's, that's not really the case. When did we first begin to see this parenting style emerge? Yeah, it's... It's not really a, it's not really a philosophy, but I think it it emerged again out of this idea that punitive parenting um, what is healthy for children. And I still think there's questions uh, questions about that. There's a very popular parenting book out right now that likens parents um, to wild animal trainers. So I think that this we are confused as as parents as a as a as a culture. We're moving in different directions. But here's where I think. Uh, this idea of positive, gentle parenting is really going to gain traction because the research on relational neuroscience, that is, that our brains need safety in relationships. This is the bedrock of how humans develop their cognitive skills, their relational skills, their social problem solving, and their emotional literacy. So, I think this is here to stay. This isn't going to go anywhere. Now, how we define it is going to shift. And different authors and different um, people are defining it in our own ways. Um, and I'm, I'm looking more at the neuroscience to guide the, the, the talk. But the, the bottom line is that even in schools, teachers need to understand that safety in relationships is going to make... Each student in the classroom learned to the top of their box. They're going to feel better because they feel safer. And this information is pretty non-controversial in the uh, in the science in the neuroscience field right now. Let's go to another message. This one is from Lisa. Talking about how I parent versus how my parents parented, there is some significant differences. I believe my parents parented in the ways that they t- were taught. And a lot of times uncomfortable feelings were expected to be dealt with privately. So if one was sad, we would hide that. We would cry in our room or better yet, don't cry because my parents believed that they needed to toughen us up. My children have been taught very, very differently. We express our emotions to each other. We name our emotions. The expectation in our household is that um, everybody has strong feelings. Lisa, thanks for that voicemail. Now, Mona, you've been in the child psychology field for over 30 years. How have parenting styles evolved over the generations? Well, just a, qu- a quick example. I so resonate with the with the uh, listener. My own my own parents, for example, were very uh, you know in this in this prior generation. As if I was sad or worried or something, they oh, there's nothing to worry about or oh, that's silly. You know, well intentioned loving parents who wanted to put a cap 
on, uh, let's, let's say, the more difficult negative emotions. And so I think the where we are evolving is that we are understanding that emotional literacy, this ability to be non-judgmental and realize that emotions are equal opportunity. We need to have our children be able to express our the negative emotions just as much as the positive, brave ones. So I would say we are where we started was let's cap things off, let's not talk about it, maybe sh- more shame-based because if you're afraid or angry or scared, maybe that was... Um, you know, communicated as being something that's that's naughty or not good or shame-based. But we're moving into this beautiful ability to let children know, and, and even for ourselves as parents, it's okay to feel the range of emotions. And self-compassion and awareness is key. And plenty of research is showing that self-awareness and compassion is healthy for our children and for ourselves. Mercedes, one of the things that I'm thinking about right now is and some of it comes from my my own experience, some parents really were concerned, um, had, had concern about the consequences of their child expressing certain emotions publicly, say anger, right? That there could be real fallout as a result of that. And And how does that fit into this conversation? People who maybe feel like they can give their child the space to express certain emotions and and other people who think this may not be safe for you to do. Yeah, I think it's a great moment to talk about because I think Mona just mentioned it, right? This idea that we have to allow our children to experience both negative, positive, and all the emotions that go in between. What gentle parenting really does is it doesn't just tell us how to feel, but it also actually helps us understand how to regulate those feelings. One of the things that I think is really important within gentle parenting, and uh, Mona has mentioned it a few times, but it's this idea of co-regulation, right? As the parent learns how to manage their anger, speak to their anger, like much like the listener uh, just said, how they allow their child to experience emotions at home, then you actually get to talk to your child about their anger. You get to talk to them about their frustration, right? If you see your kid get angry during a Fortnite game in gentle parenting, it's not go to your room. It's tell me more about what happened. Then the kid says, I lost and I feel angry. And then we get to talk about how to deal with anger when you lose a game, for example. And so the idea of gentle parenting isn't just emotions exist. It's really this idea of not only naming and labeling them, but also realizing how do we regulate How do we regulate with others and how do we even learn that it's okay to feel and it's also okay to understand that some of our feelings do come with behavioral consequences if we act on them. Well, in your work, you say you've seen gentle parenting as something geared mostly towards white parents. Why do you think this approach might at first glance be alienating some parents of color? I think um, Whoopi Goldberg said it very, you know, uh, honestly, it, it seems like it's permissive. It's, it, it's laughable sometimes. And I think that's because when we look at gentle parenting, gentle parenting actually has evolved out of attachment theory. And attachment theory has evolved out of looking at cultures and collectivist cultures that already do attachment and that already believe in attuning and connecting to themselves and their greater community. And so what I say to any families of color that are looking at gentle parenting that has been kind of commercialized as a white, heterosexual, cisgender, two-parent household philosophy, and I've asked them to really reconsider that that gentle parenting isn't about a specific gender or a specific family type or a specific cultural identity. It's really about this ability to reconnect to ourselves and our children in a way that even can heal generational trauma. 
I want to bring another voice into the conversation. Destiny Bennett is a TikTok creator known for her videos on gentle parenting. Her account has almost 350,000 followers. She's also the author of Revised, Not Repeated, a brown mom's guide for breaking generational curses in parenting. Destiny, welcome to the program. Hi, thank you for having me. So how did you first come across gentle or as you call it, intentional parenting and and why did it appeal to you? Yes. um, So it's funny because I feel like as of maybe the last two years, quote unquote, gentle parenting has become very much like a trend. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And I I think that's why I've kind of been moving away from the term and moving back into intentional parenting. Um, But, you know, I went to college um, for early childhood education, and this is where I learned a lot of the concepts that I use today with my kids. I never knew what to refer to it as. It was always just like, oh, early childhood education. Um, And I want to say I heard about it for the first time um, as gentle parenting last year, like early last year, and it was a TikTok video. And I was like, oh, my gosh, this completely resonates with like how I parent. And it just kind of felt good to have like a name to put to it because any other time speaking about it, I didn't really know what to refer to it as. Well, that echoes a tweet we got from Anthony who says, I didn't know I was using gentle parenting. But as I hear your guests, I see that is my approach. I'm an adoptive parent of two children who suffered various traumas when young. I've always kept that in mind to address their behavior from an understanding that they are feeling and constantly processing big emotions. Now, Destiny, you're known for demonstrating these parenting techniques on your kids in real time. And here's one video that went viral with more than 1.5 million likes. I love you very much. Do you know how much I love you? You don't know how much? I love you, like, more than this much. I can see how angry you are, and I want you to feel better. I want you to love you enough to see how angry you are and want to feel better, okay? Destiny, describe what was happening here and why you decided to take this approach. Um, You know, I have three children um, that are three, five, and almost nine. And of all three of my children, my five-year-old is like by far the most emotional. Um, And sometimes it's it's even a little overwhelming because I've never even dealt with... um, the emotions that that he deals with and at the level that he deals with them. And so he has been like truly like my biggest inspiration in teaching my kids how to manage their emotions because I just saw how desperately he needed it because he just had so many emotions that he didn't know what to do with. So um, I have been working with him on, you know, managing his emotions for a long time. And normally, you know, the techniques that we go through usually work with him. Um, But on this day, he had gotten into an argument with my oldest. Um, They are like obsessed with Legos. And because they have so many Legos, I allow them to have like specific Legos that belong to, you know, each child so that they don't feel like they have to share everything. And he was upset because my oldest had a Lego that he wanted and he wouldn't let him have it. And so he was just, he would not let it go. Like he was crying, screaming, kicking, pouting, walking through the house, stomping feet. I'm like, we're going through the techniques. Nothing, nothing's working. Nothing's working. <laughs> I'm just getting to the point where I'm like, who, okay. I, now I need to woosah because my, my emotions are getting out of control right now. Mm. Um, because after a while, you know, it just gets frustrating. 
um especially as an adult when it's like it's a lego dude like let's you know, <laughs> let, let it go so so, it go. so did it work did the technique work no nothing <laughs> worked well well essentially yes by the end of it we we got through it nothing else was working that day and it got to a point where i was just like we just need to reset like mm-hmm. let's go outside let's go for a walk um it was like my last ditch effort and as we were walking out the door he like slams the door and he's just so angry and i was just like okay i need to level with you right now because <laughs> Like we can't, we can't go on our walk like this where we're going to come back in the same, you know, with the same Same problem. So, Mm -hmm. so when you, what I hear in that clip is, is a level of vulnerability that you are sharing with your child saying like, I I really love you, man, but you're you're making it hard right now. (laughs) How has parenting in this way changed your relationship with your children? It's, it's made us so much closer, so much closer. Um, And I just feel like I, I connect to them differently than I did before. I understand them differently. And I feel like in the same way, they understand me differently. And we just overall have a better understanding of each other, which allows us to interact better with each other. We'll be back with more from our guests and more of your thoughts on gentle parenting. And remember to join future conversations, download our 1A Vox Pop app and leave us a voicemail. Back to our conversation about gentle parenting and parenting more broadly. Destiny, as your the title of your book says, it's about breaking harmful generational patterns in Black parenting. For you, what are those patterns? I think that in the generations before us, there was not access to the same resources that we have today. Um, and I feel like a lot of parents were parenting, or a lot of parenting was rooted in anger and um, just a lot of hurt and not being healed. Um, And we, back in that day, they really only had access to whatever parenting methods the neighbors had or, you know, other family members had. And so I feel like a lot of those things we, we still adopt today in our parenting because it's just rooted in us. And I think part of shedding that is changing being more um, intentional about the way that we parent and being more aware that these things are not us. They're just things that are rooted in us and that we have the ability to shed those things. We got this tweet from John who says, parenting styles can vary by ethnic group. Black kids being in trouble can be more detrimental than white kids being in trouble. Authorities respond differently to kids of color. And and Mercedes, this was something I was alluding to earlier, is I hear Destiny saying that that part of of her take on this is, is parents being motivated by anger. But I also think there are generations of parents who parented the way they did because they were motivated by fear. How, how do you think that fits into this conversation? Oh, it fits, it fits, it fits, and it fits. And I think this is why gentle parenting is so important for families of color, because when we talk about gentle parenting, we're not actually parenting children who can fight the external. We're parenting children who understand how to regulate the internal They know how to discern situations. They even know how to reach out for support within their community because they're no longer scared of their emotions. They actually embrace their emotions. A very brief example is this idea that when we parent our children gently, we're actually making them more reckless. I worked with a black mom, a single black mom, and she had a black son who was about 10 and was doing exactly as you shared. He was getting into trouble more because of his anger. We found out through 
helping this mom do gentle parenting that this young man had put all of his emotions behind what's called diamond armor in Minecraft. And so for him, he felt like he needed to be protecting his family because he was the young man and the oldest young man in the home. So we rerouted that narrative where just because he was the young man in the home, he was not a young man. He did not own the home. And then we also helped him to learn through gentle parenting and do my shame-proof parenting framework. We helped him learn how to bring his emotions out behind that diamond armor that's so tough so that way he can share with people how he's feeling. He was able to get himself a mentor and even able to get himself into basketball that helped him to feel like he could move his energy a little bit more. I say all that to say is because we started out just trying to figure out if this young man's anger was really what was happening or if he was experiencing a lot more. And what we came to found out is that as the oldest young man in his family, he felt like he had to protect his family. We found that out through gentle parenting. And so I share this to anyone, especially families of color, Gentle parenting will not teach your child to deal with the external stuff as much as you like because there's no way to end racism, sexism, and all the other isms. But what it will do is it'll teach your child that I am not at fault for being angry and I can seek out the support that I need in the regulatory spaces that I need. That is the goal of gentle parenting and shame-proof parenting that I share with my parents, especially my families of color. Destiny, before I let you go, I'm just curious. I'm thinking about the, the Lego story with your with your kids. And it, it sounds to me that at the end of that day, you were probably wiped all the way out. You were just exhausted. So how do you maintain the resilience you need as a parent to parent in this style? Oh, my God. So much self-care. <laughs> and um, And I feel like that has been really an impactful part for me because prior to really getting deep into my parenting style, I didn't practice self-care. I got very lost in motherhood and becoming angry and becoming frustrated and yelling. It just seemed like all part of the job. Um, and now it's like, I have to practice self-care because if I don't, I'm not going to be the patient, kind, you know, loving mom that I want to be with my kids. If I'm not taking care of myself, I can't pour into them if I don't pour into myself first. That's TikTok creator and author Destiny Bennett. Destiny, thanks for speaking with us. Thank you so much for having me. It was an honor. One text club member writes, I'm a psychotherapist who has three decades addressing this issue. This country is feeling the effects of raising children with almost no consequences, children who think they are special and therefore expecting things to be easy for them. Parents are so reluctant to impose consequences for bad behavior. Mona, briefly, what's your response to that? With all due respect, I, I think uh, that may be coming out of an older paradigm. I, you know, consequences, natural consequences happen in life. But I don't think that going back to timeouts and physical punishment or, or shaming or any of those uh, things that may have been the norm in, in generations past is the way forward. The way forward is being a sturdy parent, being a loving parent, and most importantly, understanding that co-regulation, that is coming alongside a person, a child who is having difficulty in their emotions and letting them know they're safe and letting them learn to express themselves. As Mercedes said, this is the skill, the self-regulation skill we want all our child, children to have so that they can advocate for themselves when there's inequity, when they face serious challenges, which they will. Um, 
it's it's the way forward isn't the discussion shouldn't be between are we too lax or are do we need to be, have more discipline the discussion should be how do we use our relationships to create create resilient strong children mercedes in just a sentence or two we know no one's perfect including parents what's your advice to parents who feel as though they messed up somehow failure is part of trying if you're messing up then you know you're trying that's Mercedes Samudio. She's a parenting coach and licensed social worker. She's also the author of Shame Proof Parenting. Find your unique parenting voice, feel empowered, and raise whole, healthy children. Also with us today, Mona Delahook. She's a child psychologist. Her new book is Brain Body Parenting, How to Stop Managing Behavior and Start Raising Joyful, Resilient Kids. Mercedes, Mona, thanks to you both. And thanks to all of you for sharing your parenting stories and questions. Today's producers were Haley Blassingame and Colleen Grablick. This program comes to you from WAMU, part of American University in Washington, distributed by NPR. I'm Jen White. Thanks for listening. We'll talk more soon. This is 1A.